All right, here's my first question. Uh, I hope you have a good answer for it. Good. I, I don't know if you've been to California before never. or the West Coast. Well, you may not have a great answer I for this. I want time. to go, just never, never been. Well, there. you can imagine an answer to this one probably. Okay. My first question is In and Out or Five Guys? Have you ever had In and Out? I haven't, but uh, we have a Five Guys in Hattiesburg. Yeah. So I've had Five Guys. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. Um, a little what, pricey for my taste. What would your burger of choice be then? You know, it's really interesting. I, I'm a, I am a burger connoisseur. My wife will uh, uh, corroborate that. Believe it or not, she makes the best burger I've oh, ever had. That's a really good answer. I'm not kidding, and I'm not saying that just to just to just to like, hey, she's sitting next to me. She I need is some sitting here. Points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm really serious. I've told her I was like, we gotta like we gotta like do something with this. That would because be yeah. It's really good. A side hustle. Yeah, it's really good. A side yeah, hustle. some kind of food truck or something. Yeah, food yeah. truck. Although I don't know how to cook, I, I grill it, but whatever you can sell she, it. She's got some kind of concoction she puts yeah. together, and it's very good. She can cook it. You can sell it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Welcome to Season 3 of 10 Questions with 10 Pastors, brought to you by Gateway Seminary, with your host, Tyler Sanders. This episode was recorded live at the 2023 SPC Annual Meeting. I'm here with Andy Baker, who is the lead pastor of FBC OLO. That's in Summerall, Mississippi, not Seminary, Mississippi, but it's close to that. Uh, Andy has not only earned an MDiv and a THM from New Orleans uh, Baptist Theological Seminary. He's also working on his PhD on Balthazar. That's right. He's getting close, I think, now. Uh, writing. Yeah, he got into the dissertation. He's yes. got a little energy going. And I suppose, I don't normally get to say this, but I've known Andy for a long time. 23 trying, years. I know, I was trying to think of the number. It's got to be like that, I right? I moved to Hattiesburg in July of 2000. Wow. Okay, yeah. so that's like eighth grade, something like right that? Before grade, right yeah. before eighth grade, yeah. Right before eighth grade. Started at so, Oak Grove in August. Yeah, we were probably in middle school then. When that's did right. you transfer to PCS? That was I, only, I only went to PCS 11th, 12th grade. Okay, yeah. so we had some school time together, a lot of church time together. A lot of church time. A lot of church camps together. That's right. Every There's lots summer. of stories. Yeah. Probably shouldn't say too many of them on here, but we've known each other for a long time. Yeah, that's right. That's now, right. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask you so everyone else can hear it. Can you tell me how you became a Christian? Yeah, so uh, obviously, as Tyler, as you know, my, my dad was on staff at the church that right. we were at together. Uh, Tyler's mom was my dad's ministry assistant for many years. That's true, yeah. Um, and so growing up in the church, uh, my mom and my dad both have degrees from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and so that's where they met. And so growing up in the church, I went through... What a lot of kids in the Southern Baptist Church, which is what I'm accustomed to, went through, and that's, you know, at a young age, you pray this prayer, you're baptized, all that. But I didn't know what repentance and faith were, but because I said the right things, uh, I thought I was a Christian. Mm. Um, Was never transformed by the Spirit. Uh, Was very rebellious and sinful, obviously, throughout my uh, teenage years. And then um, at age 18, after high school graduation in August of 2005, had a had a run-in uh, with uh, uh, the Hattiesburg Police Department uh, that uh, uh, God used to change my life, and mm. so I became a Christian uh, at 18 in August of 2005, late July 2005, and um, really been following the Lord ever since. Obviously, many highs and many lows. Uh, but God's been faithful and I uh, have a beautiful wife of 15 years and three kids and uh, I'm with a church that I love and care mm. for and uh, they love me, I think. And yeah. so they've kept me around long enough and yeah. it raised me, really. It's the only church I've ever been in. So uh, yeah. as far as served in. Yeah, so, how long have you served there? Uh, 15 years in 15 December. 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I came on as the youth guy, youth, yeah. youth minister, 
and then transitioned to this role in uh, March of 2015. So wow. eight and a half years in this role. That's amazing. Yeah. They've been very patient with me, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. Now, what have you been reading recently? What's in your reading list? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, working on my education, uh, I've been reading a lot of different things. So kind of the books I have with me now, I'm reading a book on the biblical theology of St. Irenaeus by John Lawson. Um, I don't know much about him, published I think in like 1964, but it's mm. real helpful for one section of my dissertation. Oh, good. Um, I'm reading back through uh, Divine Immutability by Isaac Dorner. Uh, it's a book I've read before for um, my prospectus, but a few things I want to look back through. And I'm just kind of going on what's in my backpack right now in New Orleans. Yeah. So those are my backpack. And then two by Thomas Wine Andy, Does God Suffer? And the other, Does God Change? Oh, and wow. so those are two that are, I, I've read Does God Change? So I'm working back through that to grab a couple things. And then a lot of the research I've been doing point back to, obviously, I'm writing, I'm writing on immutability. Yeah. So that and impassibility kind of cross paths. Sure, yeah, so I'm yeah. looking back over that. So that's kind of, that's what I have with me. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So that's kind of reading. Yeah, well, depends on who it is, I guess. Yeah, you know? I guess yeah. so, yeah. 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 Well, tell me about uh, preaching. Let's talk about preaching a little okay. bit. So big picture, what's your approach? Like, are you thinking big series, big themes? How do you think through that? Yeah, so uh, I'm not creative at all. And I don't feel like uh, I'm gifted in that area. Some people are. And so I preach expositionally, verse by verse, through books of the Bible. Um, okay. When we go through one book, we move on to the next. I try to alternate Old Testament and New Testament. I'm currently in Luke, the Gospel according to Luke. Yeah. I finished up chapter, well, I finished up 4, 1 through 13, which is Temptation of Jesus this past Sunday. And okay. then uh, uh, our intern associate, uh, he's preaching this Sunday. Um, and then... I'm just working my way through, man. I'm, we literally, we go through, when we get to, like, we went through chapter 4, verse 13. Mm -hmm. So this Sunday we're starting chapter 14. 4, verse 14. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now, we do, we do you know, Christmas time, we'll do Advent. Yeah, sure, and we'll do yeah, some yeah. series, things from here or there. Yeah. But uh, we primarily preach through books of the Bible. That's and awesome. so um, it's worked out, yeah. and, you know. Yeah. And what's your week-to-week -week sermon prep like? Like, do you write, like, a manuscript? What's your schedule like? I am a manuscript guy. Um Schedule, I've got to be more, I've gotten a little loose on my schedule a little bit uh, in recent days just with things going on. But uh, I'll take usually a couple days and, and hammer out some hardcore study. And then toward the end of the week, unfortunately, a lot of times on Friday, Saturday, I'm typing out my manuscript. But, uh, you know, uh, it's easier when you preach through books of the Bible, at least for me, because I've already, I've already covered background. I know kind of audience. Yeah, I know what's yeah, going yeah. on, things and like that. And you're building. Yeah, you're building. And so... Those things are helpful, but, um, you know, I spend a pretty substantial amount of time studying throughout the week. Not as much as I once did, hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm a full manuscript guy type. I, and it, part of that's because I don't trust my, I don't know what I'm going to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can get off going somewhere and say I'll <laughs> chase a rabbit and do all kind of things. So it kind of helps to keep me yeah, right focused. On what yeah. you want to say. That's right. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to say what I want to say in the yeah, manuscript. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm not going to veer off and say some other things, but yeah, I know yeah. what I want to say. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What would you say is the most uh, difficult or challenging, maybe, passage you've preached on? Um, man, there were quite a few in Genesis. Uh, God, what was the what was the one? Well, there's some explicit passages in Genesis uh, that uh, sure. are a little more difficult to yeah. preach to a congregation. Yeah. Um, I think it was Genesis 38 uh, was a very difficult chapter uh, to preach. Yeah. Um, 
But you did. But I did, yeah, and yeah. Here, here's why. So yeah. our ministry intern at the time, uh, he was on the preaching schedule. I was going to brush over it, but he actually preached on the defiling of Dinah oh, uh, yeah, like yeah. two or three weeks before, Yeah. which I told him, I was like, man, you can kind of, he's like, no, I want to do it. It's, you know, it's the mm. word of God and all that. I'm like, yeah, that's good. You know, I appreciate that. Well, it kind of pushed me and challenged me to go, right. well, I can't skip over this passage yeah. on Onan. Yeah. And, you know, I've got to, I've got to kind of handle this and move through it. And it was good for me because I'm yeah. like, no, I, I need to, we need to handle yeah, yeah, these yeah. tough texts, you know, yeah. we don't need to brush over those things. Yeah. And so uh, that was difficult. You know, you come up, Culturally, you know, there's different topics that are a little more sensitive than others. And so, you know, yeah. you're always going to you're going to come across those. But the good thing with expositional preaching that I think is important, I'm not picking and choosing every Sunday based on what I want to preach or don't want to preach. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. We believe that it is uh, the truth, every every ounce of it. And so. Going expositionally, it pushes me and it pushes every pastor that does that to go, no, you got to deal with some of these tough texts yeah. and you've got to shepherd your people through it. And yeah. so um, it challenges me, but also builds me up and, and I think makes me a better pastor and a yeah. better student of the word. And yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, I think there are some that I would never choose to preach per sure. se, right, right. but God's given it to us to equip us and build us up. And there is a purpose yeah. behind every every bit of his word. So, Well, and I've always thought part of the task of preaching is it's not just explaining, but it's also teaching people how That's right. to read. That's right. How to read the Bible. So That's like right. if you skip something, you're kind of That's right. at least implying it will, yeah, you come across something you don't understand it's exactly or it's right. too weird or yeah. something like that. You just move past it. Yeah, it's kind it, of you know? like this. So Luke chapter 3, uh, Luke drops a genealogy in right after the baptism oh, right. of Jesus, verse 23 right. through 38. And so I preached a sermon on the genealogy. Yeah. And, you know, most of the time, and I said to our congregation, most of the time we skip that, right? Because yeah. in our Bible reading plans, it's like, oh, it's a genealogy. Well, I can yeah, either take off today or just I yeah. can't pronounce these names, you know, whatever. Right. Just going to move through it. but. The genealogy has a purpose, yeah. and depending on, you know, Matthew and Luke are the two who give us a genealogy, mm -hmm. and so Matthew has a purpose for his in stopping yeah. it at Abraham, and then Luke right. has a purpose for his in taking it all the way back to Adam, who right. he then labels as a son of God. Yeah. So you get to take those opportunities to go, hey, why is this here? Yeah. It's not just so we can go, look at all these weird named people. Right. In Jesus's genealogy, but there's right, a purpose right. that fits into the book as a whole in what Luke is trying to communicate. And so, right. you know, who's going to who's gonna go, hey, I'm bringing in a guest preacher this Sunday. He's preaching the genealogy of Jesus, right? Yeah. But when you, you know, pastor a congregation, preach through books of the Bible, you get you get yeah. some of those things and then well, teach you're your with people them. how to read it. Yeah, you're with them week to week anyway. That's right, you know? that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, as a lead pastor, what would you say is a, a role, responsibility that's kind of a sweet spot for you? And what's something that's more of like a growing edge or... Um, something you're still working on, something like that? I, I struggle with patience mm. at times, all the time. You know, Elizabeth, my wife, sitting here would tell you that. Uh, I drive too fast all the time because I'm impatient, right? But <laughs> so, so I've really, pastoral ministry, mm. you know, has grown me tremendously in patience. Mm. A sweet spot for me, man, I've been in our church for so long, and they've seen me through so much. And really, I mean, I was stinking young when I got there, right? And so, have grown me. I've kind of, I've kind of grown up with them, and so they're family. 
Yeah. So spending time with our church members is not a burden. It's not difficult. We have relationships with them. You know, we're in their home. They're in our home. You know, it's like I've spent time with some of these guys. We just drink coffee because we're friends. Yeah. You know, I'm their pastor, but, you know, we're also friends and family. And so God's been very good to us and gracious to us in developing our church. It is a smaller congregation, so Mm. developing more of a family atmosphere. Yeah. And so really, man, spending time with people is great. Um, Yeah. But yeah, anything, I, I, I'm, a, I'm an immediate, I mean, I'm an Amazon Prime guy, you know, let's get it yeah. here. Not because I need it two days later, but because yeah. I want it, right? right and so right. Uh, ministry has taught me significantly, especially, you know, our church was established in 1902. And so, you know, change wow. in an older congregation, yeah. an older church, or an older congregation, we're, age-wise, we're very diverse, but yeah. going... You don't turn a 120-year-old ship on the dime. Yeah, and so right, taking right. the time to transition things or yeah. uh, not be so demanding. Yeah. Uh, and so patience is always God's working on me. Sure. That, yeah. for sure. In yeah. every area of my life. Yeah. Know, but definitely pastoral ministry. Well, can you tell me a swing and a miss you've had in ministry? Man, yeah, I can tell you probably a lot. <laughs> a swing and a miss. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, like something you tried and it just didn't turn out the way you expected. Uh, I mean, some people, I mean, sometimes we have like funny, sometimes they're funny stories, sometimes they're hard stories. I mean, we had a guy who's the, uh, uh, he'd been pastor for a long time now. He's the president of the foundation, California Baptist oh, wow. Foundation. Wow. And he actually, his swing and a miss was him swinging across the pulpit. They like rigged him up on some kind of thing and he was supposed to like swing out. Serious? And it, and it got stuck. And so like, he's a, he's also, yeah, he was he dangling up there for like 20 minutes and they had to call the fire department to come get him, which was tough. He's a police chaplain and oh, I think he actually man. became a police officer. So oh, like, man. that was an awkward, an awkward moment. And then, you know, it's supposed to be part of the sermon. He was like, and, you know, before he was kind of like, I don't know about this. Like, it seems like kind of, but that's hilarious. That was an actual swing. Yeah. No kid that missed, no kid. you know, so it could be, it could be anything, man. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, we've tried a lot of things that didn't work. I know. I just can't, I can't pinpoint one. I've never done that. Yeah. And I won't do that <laughs> because I'm the guy, if I do anything like that, then it's, it's going to end up like that. Or I'm going to have to yeah. go to the hospital, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, when a few years ago, what a pastor, I remember hearing the story, he tried to ride a motorcycle on the stage. Well, he pulled the gas too hard and ended up crashing and broke his wrist or something, <laughs> something crazy. Um, I'm not that guy. We um, could try the opposite. What about something that, uh, have you had something that just like worked really well that you didn't necessarily expect to be like a great kind of ministry opportunity or something like that? Um, I'm sure I have answers to both these questions, man. I just, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. I think... Uh, I don't know. I, I, well, let me say this. Let me say yeah. this. Something that worked really well for us. Uh, you know, traditionally we were, if you wanted to join the church, we had a public invitation at the end of the service. You'd yeah. come down front and, you know, do it the, who wants this person to be a member? Everybody raise your hand on that. One thing sure, we yeah. did in 2015 was implement a prospective members class. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that we can, one, make sure that you know Jesus. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure that everybody that comes in this church knows who Christ is. So it gave us an opportunity to be more intentional with sharing the gospel and make sure they knew what the gospel was, knew who Christ was, and that, 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 that they knew that they had a relationship with him. Two, it let people know who we are as a church. Yeah. And then, you know, you can make a decision then because in that moment, you know, it's hard. You may come a few Sundays going, I want to be a part of this church. Well, you really, at that point, you don't know who we are, what we believe, any right. of these things. And so right. we implemented this prospective members class that has been one of the best things we've done and have gotten a lot of great feedback from those coming in. Because That's good. 
you know, we, we share the gospel, but we go, here's who we are. Yeah. Here's what we expect of our church members. It's nothing that the Bible doesn't ask of Christians. We right. label it all out because I think it would be unwise and unfair of us to go, here's what the Bible says of Christians, but we're going to add a few things to that, yeah. right? It's not, then, yeah. then scripture wouldn't be sufficient, right? Yeah. And so that's one thing that we did, uh, hoping it would, it would work out and it's worked out great for us. Um, and I really encourage that, uh, for sure. Another thing, um, that we did, you know, a lot of our Baptist churches have inflated membership roles. Oh yeah. Uh, where right, there are people right. on our roles that you hadn't seen 20, 30 years yeah. ago. And, and we, we went through the process of cleaning that up before yeah. COVID. COVID kind of halted that. When I say cleaning it up, we started reaching out to these people yeah. and going, where are you? You know, why aren't you here? These type of things. Yeah. If our church clerk who's been in the church for 75 years doesn't know who you are, right. I mean, yeah. nobody else knows who you are, right? So yeah. we, need to, we, need to, we need to go, right, why are they on paper? Why are we doing this yeah. thing? And so that, so that could be tough, I bet. Oh, I bet it could be tough for people. Very like, tough. You know. Yeah, very tough. It was difficult to do that, yeah. but it was something that we felt necessary based on what we believe about biblical church membership yeah. and church discipline even. And, you know, we saw some good fruit from that, even I'm though sure, it was yeah. very difficult and it was timely man it, it took a long time yeah and we're still really in process covid kind of shut it down and then we kind of uh sidelined it to to move forward with a few other things but yeah. those are two things for sure that we did that worked out well and are still working out well yeah. man there are so many things that we've done swung and missed and, and i just can't call them to mind <laughs> you know because it's kind of trial and error right you try these yeah, things there is. things There's a lot of that. And, yeah 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 uh, and and some things don't well and that's kind of the learning process and i'm i I mean, I've never been a senior pastor of a church, but I imagine just even when you're getting to know the people, it happens every time you preach. You're just, yeah. you know, you're going to yeah. be saying things yeah. that you think is going to connect, you yeah. know, a joke maybe or yeah. something serious. Oh, and all it's my just jokes like, don't connect. Oh, it's man. like that didn't even make sense, you yeah. know? And like, now, if we're and, talking about sermons, man, I swing and miss all the time. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Everybody laughs at my. It, when I tell a joke, nobody laughs at the joke. They laugh that nobody laughs right, at the yeah, joke. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah, but yeah. you can hang in there. Oh, I hang in there. Yeah. That's, that's my sweet spot right that's there. That's the sweet spot, When I'm yeah. trying to be funny and nobody <laughs> thinks it's funny, right? Yeah. Well, you spent some time in seminary. Yeah, so let me ask <laughs> a you, lot of time. Yeah, you spent some years in seminary. What's, like, that one thing a seminary student has to walk away with? Like, if they miss it, yeah. they've kind of missed the boat. Relationships. Mm both with students and professors. Mm. Uh, one of the, I was actually telling a guy this, a friend of mine, a relationship I built at seminary, he's a pastor in Oklahoma. We had lunch together just a few moments ago. One of the, one of the hardest things for me as an MDiv student, uh, I, was, I was driving down from Hattiesburg, and yeah. so driving to New Orleans, about an hour and 45 minutes, hour and a half, five o'clock in the morning, it gets a lot faster because nobody's out there. Sure, yeah. But, uh, but I'd be at morning, it was, it was a, I'd go for Monday only, right? All my class would be on Monday. And I'd have one hybrid class one Friday a month. And so I'd get there for an 8 o'clock class on Monday morning. I'd be in class all day. And then class would finish literally like 930 at night. And then we'd turn around and drive back. Me and a buddy, a buddy of mine, I did that for three years. Yeah. And so we were there to get a degree, yeah. right? Because I needed a degree, you yeah. know. And so what I missed out on because of that, and I could have been more intentional. It was just more difficult at the time for, you know, uh, a commuter student. Yeah. Is I didn't build relationships with fellow students mm. uh, who, um, you know, would be relationships that I would still see today, right? Sure. And yeah. I wasn't able to build relationships with professors either. And the reason I know I missed out on that is because when I started PhD work, smaller classes, I was spending more time on campus. Yeah. That's where I started building these relationships with guys and professors yeah. and going, man, I, 
I really kind of missed the boat on that. Right. And so if I, if I were giving advice to a seminary student or someone thinking about seminary or someone about to attend, yeah. I would say capitalize on what you have relationally. Yeah. Don't just try to get the degree. I did that and I squandered that as well by not learning as much as I think I could have because mm. I was just trying to take the test to write the paper, right? Right. But capitalize on the opportunity you have and build some relationships because those, you know, half these relationships, you, I, I mean, we stood at the front over here for two yeah. and a half hours yesterday because yeah. we couldn't get any further. Right. Just keep bumping into people. Yeah. Well, those are all people I know from yeah. seminary, right? Yeah. And the relationships that I cultivate and keep, like my friend Billy that I had lunch with, he lives yeah. in Oklahoma. We never see each other. Right. But we text regularly. Yeah. Uh, but we have a relationship like, man, if he needs something, you know, I got yeah, it. You're there. I, yeah. Vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. Uh, same with with Abby, who was yeah. there a moment ago. You know, we met each other, PhD. You know, yeah. so um, that's that's a big deal. I think that I don't want any seminary student to miss out on. Yeah, because it's valuable. Yeah, for your own survival and sanity. Yeah, it's uh, valuable while you're in it. That's right. That's but right. I, years and years and years later. Yeah, these are relationships you'll depend on. That's right. That's yeah. right. And you you may, you may not see each other. You may bump into each other yeah. once a year at the convention, whatever. Yeah. But they are valuable. Uh, yeah. relationships so that that'd be that'd be first yeah learn would be second yeah yeah here's my last question for you all right and this is kind of good because you almost you almost i thought you were gonna just step into this one okay if you could go back and tell young andy yeah first year pastor andy oh wow anything yeah what would you say uh speak less and listen more yeah yeah i uh <laughs> it's so funny man you think back, you think back how foolish, man, some of the, even the sermons I preach, because I was the interim uh, for a time before uh, we hired another guy that stayed a couple years. But mm. it's like, man, I would say stuff and do stuff that I'm like, what were you thinking? I mean, come on. And so uh, I wanted, uh, there was a side of me, it's like, I just want, I want to be this, man, mm. this, the coolest, hippest, youngest, up and coming, best preacher you've ever heard. Right. And in wanting to do that, really wanting to be someone else, I didn't mm. know who I was. Yeah. You know, in the world of podcast and all that, oh yeah, yeah, we take on these almost these identities of these guys we listen to. You yeah, know, I wanted to be John Piper. Right, I wanted right. to be Matt Chandler. I wanted to be these guys, and I'm like, I'm not those guys. Yeah, number one. And what I had to realize, man, my church doesn't want me to be those guys. Yeah, you know, they would have hired those guys, right. I guess. You know, whatever. Yeah. And so it's kind of like. Your people hired, my people hired Andy, yeah. right? They they wanted, they called Andy, hired, maybe I should say that word, it's a very business word, right? They, <laughs> called, they, yeah, yeah. they called, that's the pastoral work, uh, me to shepherd them and yeah. lead them. They love me for me, not because I am that guy or this guy. And so yeah. um, I would just, I would tell myself, slow down. Mm -hmm. And I had a unique situation because I was already on staff six and a half years before I moved into this role. So when I moved into this role, That's true. Yeah, I yeah. thought I had this equity build up. And no, right. it was it was day one of this role, man. Right. It was yeah. new. You know, yeah. I was the senior pastor at this right. point, right? Right. But I tell myself, slow down, listen, build relationships, love on people. Um, they'll they are very forgiving when your preaching is not yeah the best when they know you care for them and love on them. Yeah. And so. I can't, man, I can't. And I tell young guys this all the time, and I sound like an old man. We're getting old, by the way, man. That's true. Golly. I've got a lot of gray in my beard. We're getting old. I yeah. need some gray in my beard. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get there. I tell guys all the time, like, you know, love your people. Hmm. You know, a, a lot of guys come out of seminary, they want to be the biggest next, you know, they want to be preaching at the convention, pastor's conference and all this. Right, right, right. But they don't want to spend time cultivating and loving their people. 
Yeah. They don't want to. They don't want to be at the hospital. They don't want to be home visits. They don't want those things. Pastor and shepherd your people by loving them. Yeah. Because that's what that's that goes a long way. Yeah. And I'm afraid our generation and younger, mm-hmm. I'm afraid it gets neglected often because we want to be great preachers, and we do, and we should be. We sure, should yeah, want. Yeah. We should be constantly improving in how we communicate. I'm constantly like on inner staff meetings. We're critiquing the service, critiquing the sermon. You know, yeah. what did I say? What did I not say? What could I have said different? This, that, and the other. Yeah. That's helpful. It's constructive, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're doing that. But I take great pride in knowing my people. Right. Knowing their names, knowing their story, which is another reason I like this perspective members class. I get to hear yeah, sure. how they came to faith in Christ. Yeah. That means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, where they're at, their families. And I'm also big on long-term pastorates. And so mm. early on in ministry, I was just, I was, I, I, my mindset was kind of the next big thing, grass growing on the other side. Yeah, but yeah, I've yeah. settled into going, man, I, I have zero desire to leave this place, man. Mm. I'll be buried in the cemetery next to our church. That's right. fine, you know. Right. And that, that's great. Praise yeah. the Lord for it. Yeah. And so I think, I think I would tell myself, settle in. Yeah. Plan to stay a while. You that's know? good. And so um, I could, man, there's a lot more I could say on that. I'm very passionate about that. And I yeah. think that's big. I got, I got some retired pastors in my church. One, two, two bivocational pastors. One pastored the same small church in Bassfield for 40 years wow. bivocationally. The other in seminary yeah. for 29 years bivocationally. Wow. Those are the heroes, man. Yeah. I've told those guys, man, yeah. those are the heroes right there. Yeah. Because they worked 40 plus hour week jobs and yep. they love their people well for that yeah. long. Um, and I would tell myself, I think, to go go seek those guys out. Yeah. Sit under them. Yeah. Go find the guys with gray in their beard, man. And ask That's right, them, yeah. you know, like, yeah. what, 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 what can you teach me? Yeah about this so i could go on and on about that but yeah i I think i'd tell myself just hey be quiet listen settle in calm down a little bit you know i don't know and just just rest just rest be you man that's been a pretty consistent theme when i when i ask people this that's kind of a big a lot of it is slow down can't do this in like your first six weeks you can't do it in your first year yeah you need to kind of think about your ministry as a long-term commitment and you're going to be able to do a lot more in 10 years than you can in one year yeah and you know take time to rest i mean i think i'm sure that's not just true for for pastors but i i think it may be it may be a particular problem right for pastors but you know you know like to get out there and do it you know that's good we want the energy like that's good but you can uh, you can really easily wreck yourself and your family. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it's the you know you don't get that long term commitment. Right. Then you I know? heard uh, I either heard it or read Ligon Duncan, uh, which was at First Perez Jackson for a while. Mm-hmm. He's a chancellor of yeah. Reform Theological Seminary. I think he said I don't remember where I heard it, but when you get to a church, write down on a list what all the things you think need to change or that you need to do. Yeah. Fold it up, put it in an envelope, put it in your desk drawer, and don't open it back up for five years. Right. Yeah. And he said, you'd be surprised if you shepherd those people, consistently teach the word, Thank and love you, them, so how many of those things take place yeah. without on you really, own. yeah, on their own, without yeah. you really having to make a huge effort to, yeah. you know, yeah. change them or whatever else. Yeah. So there's, and there, there's a lot of wisdom in that, yeah. a lot of knowledge in well, that. Well, so. there's a practical reality of slowing down of just, if you don't have the capital, you don't have like the relationship capital built up, like yeah. you're going to run That's into right. a lot of problems. But, Big deal. you know, the other side of that, too, is like it, as a leader, you still have things to learn from right. your people. That's you right. know? And some some traditions do need to go. Some old things need yeah. to 
die and some yeah. things are there for a reason, yeah. you know, and it can be hard to see that when yeah. you first and I show think, up. Yeah. And I think knowing your people, you learn those things about them. Yeah. You know, you're ever, you know, a lot of stuff you want to, a lot of pastors want to change are preferential. Yeah. yeah. And so your preferences aren't always the best. Right. I mean, we always think, we think our preferences sure. are the best, but as you learn people, I mean, I think of our congregation, you know, we, we, we've seen suffering in our lives, but not to the same extent as some of our congregation. Mm. I've yeah. learned more about faithfulness of Christian sure, faithfulness yeah. and the faithfulness of God by watching some of our people go through some of the most terrible things that, that by God's grace, we'll never have to go through in yeah. our family. And I've learned consistently about uh, unconditional love, God's faithfulness, all of these things by just observing yeah. the people that I'm to shepherd. Yeah. And then learning them and learning our congregation. Every congregation is different. They got their own kind of, kind of, I don't, I don't know, their own disposition, if you yeah. will, depending on uh, the context of the church and other things. And so uh, it, it's it's good, like I said, to go in, settle in, and just commit to shepherding these people, which involves yeah. learning them by spending time with them and those things. And then yeah. I promise, man, we can run we can run as pastors and everybody, it's every occupation, at, at paces that are unsustainable. Yeah. You, know, you can run, 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 run. But if you just commit to a body of believers and commit to shepherding them and spending time with them and loving them and feeding them the word, man, they'll love you through anything yeah. and everything. And you'll, you'll get a family, you yeah. know, uh, and, and I'm big on that. And I think that's, that's significant and yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. That's one of many things I would look back and go, yeah. young Andy. Young Andy. Yeah. Take yeah. this nugget of wisdom. Yeah. I wish I could like physically see young Andy. I'd probably get you go slap him in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, you need this. Yeah, that'd be punk. a surprise. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining yeah, us. I appreciate it's it. It's been man. good to catch up a little bit yeah. too in the podcast and yeah. outside the podcast. Yeah. Tyler moved off to the West Coast. I you did. Know, right out of. Well, I guess he went to college then. Yeah. Then left the. I never came back. Left the South and yeah. never returned. <laughs> Maybe one day. One day. Maybe yeah. one day. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Andy, thanks for your time. Yeah, man.